How's it going, all you beautiful, beautiful nerds out there? I would like to welcome you to the first ever episode of the Critical Failure Podcast. As a short introduction as to what this podcast is, Critical Failure is a podcast designed for the up-and-coming or new DMs out there who have never played a tabletop RPG, or those of you who have played but want to give DMing a shot. I will say right now that I am by no means an expert on DMing. However, I know how to tell great stories, which is the main aspect of being a good DM. So without any further ado, charge your listening devices, relax, and get ready for a critical failure. To start playing any tabletop RPG, you're going to need a few things. First, and arguably the most important, is friends. Any number will work, even if it's just one. I've played in... several games with my brother where he dms and i am his only player and yes you are very limited to what you can and cannot do with just one player but it is a lot more personal and it it works um there's not absolutely nothing against it at all um ideally you want anywhere from three to six players however on um, that way you have a wide variety of uh, party makeup and uh it's just it, it's better with more people um, next you'll need uh, the core rules for the game that you're playing, whether that be D&D Pathfinder, Star Wars, um, or whatever whatever your, your poison is. Um, all those can be purchased online, and some can, um, ha they offer uh, free uh, PDFs online um, that are just like the books, it's just you don't have the physical book. Okay, um, so you have your group, you have the rules, uh, characters are made. Now what? I recommend all new DMs start with playing one-shots with your group to see if DMing is to your liking um, and to see if it's something that uh, your players are uh, are interested in because that might be their first time ever playing uh, pen and paper games and just to see if they're interested as well. Uh, after about two to three one-shots, uh, then you can make the decision of playing a uh, pre-made adventure or to delve into the incredibly fun but very difficult world of homebrew which I'll have a uh, later episode talking all about homebrew, and I'll talk about uh, my homebrew world and uh, campaign idea. Uh, both adventures have uh, pros and cons. Um, it mainly depends on how frequently your group can get together and play. If you'd only play together about once a month, then a pre-made adventure is, is the better choice. Um, for D&D 5e, their adventures are uh, all in one book, and uh, you can get through them... Um, probably in one really really long session or you could space out on like a like a weekend or something um it, and it's it's less of a commitment as well because you don't have to get together so frequently um 
It's also real easy for uh, new DMs to pick up the book, write down a few notes, and get into playing. So if you just if you're just so excited to get in and play, pre-made adventures are awesome. I'm and I'm not saying that if you homebrew or whatnot that you should just never think about pre-made adventures because a lot of them are amazing. Um, and one of the one of the pros to a pre-made adventure is um, you don't have to worry about how to how to have your party meet, which um, can turn a lot of DMs um, off to homebrew, is because they all kind of want to avoid the the stereotypical uh, tavern scene. You know, you're all in a tavern, you know, and whatnot. Um, it's all it's all decided. Uh, it's usually like you know you're a mutual friend of an NPC that sends you off to an adventure or or whatever. Um, exact DCs for checks is all there. Um, combat um, has has all the creatures there, and some combats um, the the book tells you um, what the creature does on certain rounds, or if this happens, this is what the monster does. Um, it's all laid out right in front of you. Um, if your group is able to get together at least once a week to play, then I suggest starting a what what I call a full campaign, something that expands more than just one book. I know uh, Pathfinder. Their adventure modules are several books that could take years of weekly play uh, to complete. So that's something that you can look into. Um, another way to think of it is uh, think of a full campaign as a TV series. Most commonly, each session is done episodically. Uh, the DM uh, determines what he wants to accomplish during that session, and it usually ends. Um, usually, uh, most of the time, it ends on a, like a cliffhanger, or you can end it on a uh, you know a quote good stopping point. Um, okay, now you and your players are all ready and excited to start playing, but just hold on one second. I cannot stress the importance of Session Zero. Session Zero, English is hard for me tonight. Session Zero is where the DM lays out their expectations for the players. For example, I expect my players to not use their cell phones while the table. I put in hours upon countless hours my own time into planning this game out. And the least that you can do is give me their full, undivided attention. Another thing I expect my players to do is to take notes. I expect them to take notes to act like their character's memory. Now, there are some things that if they didn't write down for their character would definitely, um, but their character would definitely know it. Um, I will remind them. For example, if the player forgets the place that they're supposed to be heading's uh, name, uh, then I'll remind them and tell them to write it down. However, I will not remind them specific directions they were told uh, to avoid uh, traps or not get lost because it was totally possible that their character might not have remembered them. Um, another thing I like to address is the ratio between combat and role-playing that will be happening throughout the course of the campaign. Um, I usually run a 60% role-play, 40% combat in my games. It is a role-playing game, after all. Um, but that is entirely up to you as the DM. Some DMs run 80% combat and only 20% roleplay, and that's completely fine. This is important to discuss with your players because it gives them a chance to let you know if they really want more or less of one of those things. Um, some players just, you know, they don't really care about roleplaying. You know, they'll just make a, a very uh, streamlined or basic uh, character personality, and then they'll just um, really only show that in combat and that that's fine you know um that that's the amazing thing of tabletop rpgs is it is your own game you can do it however you want then on the flip side they might want more role playing um and less combat and again completely fine 
um, I ran a campaign with my brother and a couple of his friends that um, there was ext- there was probably about ninety percent role play and ten percent combat, and we were a uh, trade caravan uh, or a merchant caravan rather. Uh, my character was a halfling sorcerer named Ling Chilifire, um, who obviously sold chili, and that was the in- most of the campaign was um, traveling throughout the continent getting your name out and just being a merchant um, mostly skill checks and that was probably one of the best campaigns that i have ever been a part of and i've been in uh quite a few um anyway that was a little rabbit trail uh the next important reason to do session zero is to allow your players to tell you their expectations from the campaign and from you as their dm if the players really 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 want their character's backstory to be utilized which a majority of players do at some point during your playtime this is their opportunity to tell you or if they're you know that they might lay out like a specific path they want their character to reach through like magic items or um, npcs or whatever this is their chance um, to tell you as a group okay you started playing but no one's really role-playing as much as you would like them to. What do you do? One of the best things to do as a DM to get your players to role-play is to be very descriptive in what you are telling them. It sounds weird, I know, but once you start describing a terrible scene of bloodshed of a family to a lawful good paladin, if they're a decent player, then that will definitely spark some in-character emotions, and if it's really effective, player emotions. Um, whenever you're describing anything, don't just describe what they see or hear, but what it smells like, what it feels like, you know, use all of the senses available to help, help you as the DM describe scenes. Um, another way to encourage roleplay is to reward the player for good roleplay. I use that, I use what I call, uh, brownie points. Players can earn brownie points by great roleplaying, heroic acts, or sometimes maybe just if they make me laugh. Um, my players uh, can use five brownie points to re-roll one of their d20 rolls that they think would fail uh, and take the better roll or make me re-roll one of my rolls and make me take the lower of the two. They can cash in 25 brownie points to gain a new feat um, or 75 to increase one of their ability scores by one. Brownie points is something I like doing because it makes my players think outside the box or by really getting into their character. I can tell you that one of the best feelings as a DM is when your player stops referring to their character by their character's name, but instead they say, I cast the spell, or I swing my sword. Speaking of casting spells and swinging swords, another great way to further encourage roleplay is to have your players describe their actions. How does your character swing their sword? Or what does the spell look like coming from your hands? Amazing DM Matthew Mercer's famous phrase of, how do you want to do this? It's also a great way to encourage role-playing and painting that mental picture. When one of your players kills a rather tough monster, allow them to describe exactly how they kill it. It can be, you know, they, they swing their sword, they raise their sword above their head and swipe across, decapitating the monster. Um, if they give you, like, a general way that they want to kill the monster, you can add flavor. Um, and you, you can uh, describe how they kill that monster. Now your players are really getting into the characters, but combat is the issue. Issue, uh, Not on your player's part, but at the fault of you, the DM. I strongly, strongly encourage DMs to not just read that stat block of a monster, but the entire page or pages 
of a monster. What is the monster like? Is it intelligent? These are the things that the amazing creators of the tabletop games put a lot of time and effort into making and can really spice up combat. If your players are fighting a group of bears, then the bear might not stop attacking the character after they hit zero hit points. While an intelligent monster might stop attacking someone once they no longer pose a threat or until a bigger threat appears, like when the party's rogue gets a critical hit. Also, do not, I repeat, do not be afraid of killing your player's character. Now, I'm not just saying throw powerful monsters at a party. No, no. But if they are fighting a monster that they could beat and a player dies, then that's what happens. It's the roll of the die, and um, your players should not get mad at you for killing their character. Because it could just be bad luck on the dice rolls, or your character just was not good enough. It shows your players that their characters are not immortal. and makes them be more cautious going forward. Um... Lastly, everything is now going great, but one member of your group who has played this game for years or they read the monster manual cover to cover is bringing player knowledge to their character when they should know when they, when they should not know that piece of information. So that's like uh, your, your party's going to a dungeon and they see a lone chest in a room and one of your players goes, oh no, that, that's a mimic. Well, unless some part of their character's backstory would allow them to have that knowledge and know that, yeah, that's a mimic, then okay, I'd let it slide. But if there's no way, if it's a brand new adventure, you know, just getting out of town life, sick of it, I want to go out and adventuring, and they see a lone chest, they're going to be excited. They're going to run up and try to open up that chest. Yep, I brought up that topic, metagaming. Every DM handles metagaming differently, and every DM has a different tolerance for it. Personally, I cannot stand metagaming. In my opinion, it ruins games. How you handle it is completely up to you as the DM. This is also very important to discuss with your party during session zero. I use a three-strike system to handle metagaming. First strike is usually just a verbal warning to remind the player that metagaming is not allowed, um, and to be more cautious going forward. Um, strike two, I usually have their weapons break or their spell backfire severely. And that's usually not just like randomly, like, you know, you pull the sword out and like the handle. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'd probably use that. I'd probably use, you know, you try to unsheathe your sword and then the handle comes out, but no blade. Or like they swing on like a critical failure or, or something and their blade breaks on the enemy's uh, armor. I, I do it flavorly um, and not just randomly. Um, strike two, I usually have, well, that was strike two. Now, um, strike three, I strongly consider dismembering the character. Usually when a monster, you know, get, gets a critical hit, I might have it, you know, like this this orc barbarian swings her great axe down and chops off your arm. Now, to, to receive strikes, it has to be pretty bad metagaming. Um, by strongly enforcing no metagaming, it requires the players to think outside the box in most cases. Again, it all depends 
on you as the DM how to handle mana gaming. You do not have to be as strict as I am. It's just my personal opinion that metagaming is awful, and really, if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense in-game. Well, I feel like that's enough blabbering. This, these are just some tips for complete beginners to DMing. I hope they can use the tips that I have given you to feel more confident in running a game and maybe some seasoned DMs that were listening, hopefully. Learn some new ways to further improve their sessions. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at thecriticalfailurepodcast at gmail.com. Now that's enough listening to me. Get out there and roll some dice.